section 36 of pantrophion this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc pantrophion by alex soyer section 36 the jews and the egyptians washed the feet of the persons whom they received into their houses and offered them larger portions as a mark of greater honor these homely and hospitable usages have disappeared with the simplicity of the primitive ages the greeks required their guests to arrive neither too soon nor too late it was a rule of politeness from which nothing could exempt them and which we ourselves observe at this day in the homeric ages each one received his share of meat and wine and the man who at the epoch piqued himself on his knowledge of the science of life never failed to offer his neighbor a part of his dinner so ulysses gives demodocus one half of the chine of beef with which he is served it is true that the king of ithaca was regarded as a perfect model of complacence and delicacy another custom adopted it is said only in the modern taverns and dining-rooms was that of warming the remains of a preceding banquet for other guests it must have constituted very poor fare for the greeks were remarkable for formidable appetite and their repasts were prolonged indefinitely the banquet of melenius noticed by athenius is a proof of it they eat at first without speaking and after prodigies of macitation they begin to discourse then having washed their hands face and beard a fresh attack was commenced more formidable than the first and when the ardor and energy of the assailants seemed to be exhausted they hardly took time to breathe ere they fell on the viands with renewed avidity nothing resisted them the dishes were cleared only a few bones remained to certify their achievement a saddening unsatisfactory trophy for future guests archistrates whose gastronomic axioms we cannot respect too much was averse to large dinner parties three or four persons five at most chosen with care assembled with taste appeared to him sufficient for those solemnities in which silence was to be maintained so long under pain and montmar of no longer knowing what one eats the lacedonians admitted as many as fifteen guests but they elected a king of the banquet and that ephemeral autocrat decided without appeal all questions which might have compromised the tranquillity of the banquet greater numbers met together in athens plato gave a supper to twenty-eight of his friends hundreds of citizens often met together at the public repasts but then a magistrate was deputed 
to see that modesty moderation and temperance were observed the romans understood that it is at table that one lives so they gave those whom they invited the name of conviva cum verve living conjointly a charming type of that easy gentle cordiality which arises is fortified and displayed between those who partake of the same dishes drain in friendship cups of the same wine and separate with the hope of soon seeing a return of the same pleasures people were very polite in rome as in greece when they met in the dining-room never did they fail to make a lone bow this act of roman courtesy recalls a very pretty expression of fontelle's which we cannot refrain from citing this grand-nephew of the great corneille passed on his way to the table before madame helvius whom he had not perceived fontelle was then ninety years of age see said she what esteem i must have for your gallantry you pass before me without looking at me be not surprised madame replied the old gallant if i had looked at you i should never have passed in the year of rome 570 182 b c the tribune of the people c orcius was the prime mover of the first sumptuary law which enacted that the number of guests were not to exceed that of the muses nor be less than that of the graces subsequently seven were thought to be sufficient and some insisted that when there were more the banquet ought rather be called a rout in the year of rome 548 the consul c fanius carried a law le fanin which prohibited the assembly of more than three persons of the same family on ordinary days or more than five at the nones or on festival days this rigorous measure was pressingly solicited by the rational portion of every order of citizens who could not witness without a shudder the whole of italy plunge into the most beautifying excesses after obscene orgies which we dare not describe but who could dissipate that fearful bewilderment with which nations seem to be seized when they are about to fall rome blushed for her ancient virtues and veiled them with dissolution and crimes she had exhausted all the prodigies that the genius of debauchery could invent she created monsters ruinous banquets soon revived and the number of guests that had no other rule than the unbridled desire of ostentation and expense let us not forget those miserable parasites who managed to get to the corner of a table in greece and italy and to whom meagre portions were conceded as a reward for cringing servility such as the vilest slave would have been ashamed to exhibit there were three kinds of parasites some under the name of buffoons amused the company with their 
grotesque attitudes and ridiculous sayings others allowed their ears to be boxed and suffered a thousand different torments providing a piece of meat or a bone were afterwards thrown to them these patient sufferers diverted the greeks and romans very much the adultory parasites were most skilful of these hungry parias they were well treated and almost respected they were persons who possessed a kind of merit which was always equally appreciated and to which we still render justice they flattered whosoever gave them a supper that energetic familiar expression in french often replaces the word parasite transmitted to us by the greeks and romans that expression which conveys the same idea is pique assiette an image necessarily associated with disdain and insult the count de gerval had invited to his table several persons of high distinction among whom was remarked one of those intruders who find means to get themselves received notwithstanding the profound contempt they inspire the dessert was just served and a magnificent pear attracted the attention of the parasite who endeavoured to bear it off on the point of his knife but in doing so he broke a valuable plate the deuce take it sir said the master of the house pique l'assiette as long as you like but don't break it the guests always washed their hands and frequently their feet before they placed themselves on the triclinium they received that custom from the orientals and we find numerous examples of it in the old and new testaments perfumes were then poured on their heads as among the jews and wreaths of flowers were offered them it was at this solemn moment that the guests turned their attention to the election of the king of the banquet whose grave functions consisted in regulating the number of cups that each one was expected to empty during the repast among the anglo-saxons he who wished to drink asked the nearest person to pledge him the latter replied affirmatively and immediately armed himself with his knife or his sword to protect the other while he emptied his cup the death of edward the martyr it is said gave rise to this custom elfrida his mother-in-law caused him to be basely assassinated from behind whilst he was drinking the following says strutt according to ancient historians is the manner in which rowena daughter or niece of hengenst drank to the health of vorigern king of the britons she entered the banqueting hall where the prince was with his guests and making a low curtsey she said to your health my lord and king then having put the cup to her lips she presented it on her knees to vorigern who took it and emptied it after having replied i drink to your health we find in the works of pasquier an affecting anecdote of the unfortunate queen of scotland mary stuart on the eve of her death says he towards the end of the supper she drank to all her attendants commanding them to pledge her 
the which obeying and mingling their tears with their wine they drank to their mistress divers spectacles of which we shall have occasion to speak hereafter occupied the leisure of the guests during the interval necessary to remove the remains of one course and serve the next these representations and amusements of which they never tired in the middle ages received from our ancestors in france the name of entremets a designation much more true and just than the modern acceptation imposed on the word anything served between the roast and the dessert the entremets were interludes pantomimes concerts and even melodramas performed between each course so that a piece which in our days attracts crowds to one or another of the theatres would have been then a little entremet or a cold side dish hors d'oeuvre in twelve eighty seven at the marriage of robert son of st louis with machault countess of artois very singular spectacles were given between each course of the banquet a horseman crossed the hall by making his horse walk on a thick cord extended above the heads of the guests at the four corners of the table were musicians seated on oxen and monkeys mounted on goats seemed to play the harp a droll custom prevailed at the court of frank kings st germer having come to solicit some favour from the king of the franks clovis that haughty sicamber received the bishop with kindness and had an excellent dinner served for him the holy bishop took leave of the king after the banquet and the king who sometimes piqued himself upon his politeness pulled out a hair according to the custom of the time and offered it to his guest each of the courtiers hastened in turn to imitate the benevolent monarch and the virtuous prelate returned to his diocese enchanted with the reception he had met with at the court among other amusements prepared for queen elizabeth during her sojourn at the celebrated castle of kenneworth there was says laneham an italian juggler who performed feats of strength and leaps and cut such capers with so much suppleness and ease that i began to ask myself whether it were a man or a sprite indeed i know not what to say of that comical fellow adds the artless chronicler i suppose his back must resemble that of a lamprey it had no bone in england during the middle ages the courts of princes and the castles of the great were crowded with visitors who were always received with scumptuous hospitality the pomp displayed by the lords was truly extraordinary and is difficult to understand how their fortunes could suffice for it they had their privy councillors treasurers secretaries chaplains heralds pursuivants at arms pages guards trumpeters in a word all the officers 
all the servants with which royalty itself is surrounded and besides this numerous domestic establishment there were troops of minstrels clowns jugglers strolling players rope dancers etc lodged there at the great banqueting times each of the apartments open to the guests presented spectacles in harmony with the gross taste of the epoch it was a marvellous confusion a prodigious chaos in which the ear was struck at once with the sound of dishes of cups clashing one against another of harmonious music with the bustle of the dance the notes of the song pasquinades somersaults and everywhere the most boisterous laughter the face of decency alone was slightly veiled sometimes the term entre mets was also applied to decorations which were paraded through the banqueting hall and which represented cities castles and gardens with fountains which whence flowed all kinds of liquors at the dinner which charles v of france gave to the emperor charles the fourth there was a grand spectacle or entremet a vessel appeared with its masts sails and riggings it advanced into the middle of the hall by means of a machine concealed from the view of all a moment after there appeared the city of jerusalem its towers covered with sarkines the vessel approached it and the city was taken by the christian knights who manned the vessel among the egyptians a funeral idea was made the means of rousing the erwhile buoyant spirits of the guests at the end of a repast a servant entered carrying a skeleton or the representation of a mummy which he took slowly round the dining-room he then approached the guests and said eat drink amuse yourselves to-day to-morrow you die greece and rome in particular adopted this lugubrious emblem of the rapid flight of time and pleasure this sceptral image hurried them on in the enjoyment of the present it never revealed to paganism a hope full of immortality end of section thirty six recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c